Thank you for joining us. We are Finding God in Video Games, and we are on our third and final episode of our Commitment series. And let me just start off by saying, you know, after the incredible blockbuster acquisition announcements that, you know, started this year, you know, from Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard and Sony buying Bungie, one could be forgiven if they, you know, forgot that there was a third hardware company on the playing field. I mean, can you... Can you take a guess? <laughs> well, I wouldn't forgive them for it because it is completely <laughs> unforgivable to forget about Nintendo. You know? right. And true to form, Nintendo responded to all of this content war madness that's going on in a manner that is as Nintendo as anything they've ever done by reminding us that they made Wii Sports once and they can do it again. Okay, okay, so, so hold up here. Let me get this straight. Okay, so Xbox makes one of the largest entertainment purchases of all time, okay, with a deal that will change the landscape of, of gaming forever. Yeah, $68 billion. Dollars. Yes. And then Sony punches back by, you know, picking up the studio that made Xbox's greatest hit, yes, Halo. They, uh, yes, they, Halo. they picked up Bungie. Okay. And so Nintendo then decides, hold on. <laughs> so Nintendo decides to break out an old copy of Wii Sports, yep. just kind of, you know, cleans it up a little bit. Dust it off. And then just decides to bring it to the party, huh? That's yep. what they decided that, that's, to that's do. That's exactly <laughs> what they did. Well, to be fair, they are also digging up a few other old gems from the garage. They're going to bring some more tracks to Mario Kart. They're going to reboot Advance Wars. They're going to give us fresh games in the Mario Strikers series that nobody asked for. And the Kirby franchise, which I think we would all actually like to uh, yeah, see. Yeah, I was about to say, I wouldn't mind. But, but make no mistake. They are staying the course. They're continuing to do what they do best. Nintendo mm -hmm. marches to the beat of its own drum. And honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome back, Wii Sports. We have missed you. You know, with Xbox and Sony hogging all the headlines, it can be easy to forget that Nintendo is the clear leader in the console hardware sales race. And when the dust settles on this console generation... It will likely be Nintendo standing on top of the podium, even accounting for the head start of the Switch, as well as the chip shortages that have affected each of the main manufacturers, the results are still absolutely stunning. They really are. Xbox, they're currently sitting at about 12 million, million units of their new Series S and X consoles sold. Not too shabby. Sony, they're above the curve, as, as I'm sure most people are aware. 18 million PS5s and counting, but well, a drum a roll, please. Nintendo is at over 103 million Switch units and climbing. That's probably not even up to date at this point. Right. The Nintendo Switch has actually quietly moved into number three on the all-time gaming console sales list, behind only the PlayStation 2 and the PlayStation 4. And honestly, there's a legitimate chance that it could end up becoming the best-selling console of all time before its run is over. You know, Nintendo may not, they may not be making this big, splashy moves that are becoming all the rage these days, but it looks like they don't have to. They right. know who they are, they know where they've been, and they know where they're going, all the way to the top. Clearly. You know, over the past couple of episodes in our Content Wars Commitment Confirmed series, We've taken a look at the movements of both Xbox and PlayStation and how their level of commitment to the future of gaming can reveal a lot about our commitment level in our walk with Christ. If you missed either of them, definitely recommend that you check them out so you can be caught up to speed as we finish and wrap up this series. And today we're going to take a deeper look at the rise, the fall, and the rebirth 
of Nintendo, because their path hasn't exactly always been the easiest to remain committed to. Now, sure, the glory days of the original Nintendo Entertainment System, Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the Game Boy, those those made the n name Nintendo synonymous mm -hmm. with video games. When mm -hmm. you said Nintendo, what you meant was video games. Right. <laughs> it was. It's kind of like Band-Aids. Nobody even knows what they were called before Band-Aid happened. Do we still even know what they're called other than Band-Aids? Band Probably They're just Band-Aids. Well, if somebody wants to sponsor us, then I'll call them whatever you want. But since nobody is, we're, we're going to go with Band-Aid. But, you know, once, you know, Nintendo was, you know, they were doing well. They had all these great consoles going on. But once the upstart Sony PlayStation, the original PS1, and then Microsoft's Xbox emerged as their primary competition, Nintendo started to flounder. They were consistently beaten by their opponents in terms of power and graphics and game selection. The Nintendo GameCube struggled against their superior competition, moving a very pedestrian 21 million units. Which, you know, for me, that was really surprising to hear that number because I don't know about you, but I loved the GameCube. Apparently that was like 21 my million people did. That was my go-to <laughs> system, man. But but can you name more than 10 good games on it? Because okay, well, most no, people can't. No. <laughs> and, and, but then after that, you had the exponential success in the Nintendo Wii and the pendulum swung the other direction right. with 101 million consoles awesome. sold, all of which were purchased for Wii Sports, <laughs> which made the complete failure of the follow-up, the Nintendo Wii U console, mm -hmm. even harder to understand as it came in with a meager 14 million units sold. But Nintendo's steadfast decision to remain committed through those dark and difficult times is what led them to this place today, the ruling king of the hill. You know, many times in life, we find ourselves in this very same place, a place where our dedication and commitment is being challenged, while others are taking shortcuts to success and reaping a multitude of unearned rewards. Our determination seems to be challenged on an hourly basis, with each step forward accompanied by two very painful steps back. We make the decision to give our lives to the Lord, but then our world starts to fall apart around us. We promise to spend more time with Christ. But then it seems like the entire world conspires against us to invent new time-consuming problems, <laughs> leaving us with no extra time or energy to give him. Maybe we feel led to begin serving God through a life of ministry, but then we receive zero interest and even less support, mm -hmm. leaving us to wonder what exactly went wrong. And if you have felt the burning desire in your heart to serve the Lord immediately become quenched by buckets of ice water, you are not alone. As a matter of fact, you're probably exactly where you're supposed to be. But don't take my word for it, or even Nintendo's. There's another dreamer who also had to take a painful trip from some very deep pits and some dark prisons before he received his promised promotion. And he has a message for you. In Genesis chapter 37, verses 5 through 10, we see the beginning of the story of Joseph. It says, Joseph had a dream and told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. He said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field, and my sheaf arose and stood upright, and your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to mine. His brothers said, Shall you indeed reign over us, or have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers, and said, Look, I've dreamed another dream. This <laughs> Why time, would you come back? The sun, it's, it's a terrible idea. And this time, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. 
And he told his father and his brothers. His father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you've dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? You know, I feel like after the first time, you, and they said that they hated him. You think he'd realize it's, it's a pretty hostile it's audience. Like, it's like, oh, did he have faith in them that they would be excited with him? Or was he just at this point being it's like, hey, to look say. at me. I'd love some context I wish to I that. had We'll some never too. know. But whatever <laughs> Joseph's motivation was for sharing them, he had some pretty big dreams. And these dreams did not make him very popular with his family. At the point of receiving these visions, he could not have possibly comprehended the path his life was going to take in order for them to be fulfilled. Safe in his comfortable life as his father's favorite son, Joseph received his destiny from the Lord as innocently as most of us do. He was excited about this new path. He shared it with others who were not quite (laughs) as enthused as he was. His path to this place of promise turned out to be rockier than the original launch of the Nintendo Wii U. He was thrown in a pit by his own family to be left to die. After that, he was sold as a slave to a foreign country. He did briefly regroup. He found a small amount of favor in his service to his new master. Things started to look like maybe they were going to work out for Joseph, kind of his his Wii U time period, or excuse me, his Wii period there. But then uh, then the bottom completely dropped out Wii U style. Joseph was wrongfully <laughs> accused of some horrific charges and thrown into a government prison to rot the rest of his promising life away. You know, Joseph's path may not be identical to the one that we've walked, but the setbacks, the series of unfortunate events that befell him, well, those sound all too familiar. Maybe you have also felt the betrayal of family and friends, the sudden whirlwind of everything going wrong when you felt like you were finally getting things right. Maybe you, too, have endured undeserved punishment and pain like Joseph was facing, all because you received a path from the Lord that you never asked for. All around us, seems like everyone else is succeeding, getting their way. Joseph's brothers at this point, probably doing just fine. We feel like we're just moving from one hopeless pit to an even more hopeless prison. But fortunately for us, Joseph's story didn't end in the pit or the prison. Nintendo's story didn't end with the GameCube or the Wii U. And our story doesn't end in the pit of despair either. Joseph's pit was not permanent, and his prison was not a punishment. All of this was part of his preparation. Like the slow metamorphosis of a caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly, Joseph had to be pressed into this dark and lonely place for his transformation into the leader he was born to be. Now, did it seem unnecessary at the time? You know, from Joseph's perspective, pretty sure that it did. I'm sure if we read his diary, probably not a lot of positive things you could pull out of that. Wouldn't have been a bestseller. But even in the seemingly quiet and forgotten place of that cocoon that he was in, Joseph was still being protected throughout this process. His previous self, like a caterpillar, was slowly being stripped away, and he was being changed into a new creation that was designed to fly, not to crawl. And in the end, the Lord fulfilled every promise he had given to Joseph. Joseph's family did indeed bend the knee to him. As a matter of fact, the entire country of Egypt did when Joseph took his place as the second highest ruler of the entire nation. Nintendo did not allow their pit experiences to deter them from pursuing their path to becoming the dominant console on this planet. 
They maintained their commitment through the dark times. They ignored the shortcuts that their competitors were taking to achieve quick success. And as a result, they are currently reigning supreme over the entire gaming landscape. Mm -hmm. They don't have to buy anybody. They are number one. They're the biggest dog on the block right now. And in our lives, our commitment to the Lord must remain steadfast, even when he leads us through those places that feel like the valley of the shadow of death. He has a purpose for these painful pits, and he will protect us in the prisons that we didn't deserve. Like Joseph, these dark and painful times are the cocoons that he is using to shield our transformation preparing us in these hidden and secret places prior to our presentation. I hope this encourages you today in whatever pit or prison you're currently enduring. The Lord hears our prayers in these places of disillusionment and despair. But this part of the process where our commitment is tested is the same place that we're getting on-the-job training for the larger plans that the Lord has for us. You know, Joseph learned how to be a leader of people and the interpreter of their dreams through his experiences as a servant in Potiphar's house, as well as a leader in the prison where he was held. Nintendo learned the secrets that have made the Switch so popular through their painful foray into touchscreens with the underperforming Wii U console. And the place where we are facing our greatest struggle right now is more than just a challenge to be endured. It is a training ground for the skills and talents we will need in our future service to Christ. Nintendo didn't need to buy or acquire anybody to remain competitive in the marketplace. They simply needed to stay committed to the course through the hard times and remain true to who they really are. They used what they learned from those tough experiences to shape their future, embracing these hard-earned lessons to build a better mousetrap. The lesson from both Nintendo and Joseph are the same. The hardest part of our commitment to the Lord is not simply making the commitment, but keeping the commitment when the times get hard. Let's not allow these pits and prisons to weaken our commitment, shake our faith, or lead us to believe that we have been forsaken. These cocoons are designed to reinforce us in ways that can only happen in these challenging environments. We will victoriously emerge from these lonely, dark, and dreary circumstances. And when we do, we will have a powerful story of the Lord's provision to tell, a deeper strength to share, and a fully developed pair of wings to carry us to the higher places He has promised. And we'll wrap it up with a quote from Joseph himself from Genesis chapter 45, verses 7 and 8. God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth, to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. We truly hope that this has encouraged you today. And if you would like to connect with us or check out some of our other content, such as our videos, articles, daily devotionals, and gaming streams, we can be found on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.